Milk minute, milk minute, milk minute, yeah. This is Maureen Farrell and Heather O'Neill, and this is the Milk Minute, an inclusive, evidence-based podcast hosted by midwives and lactation professionals. That's us here to talk to you about all things lactation and boobs, body positivity, mental health, all the milky topics. Join us for another episode. Welcome back to the Milk Minute Podcast, and Merry Christmas if you celebrate. If not, Happy Holidays, Christmahana Kwanzaa, Festivus, what have you, or just a regular Friday. That's also an option. In this episode, we're going to take a look back, like way back into the history of breast pumps and talk about all the weird contraptions that we use to stick to people to get milk out. And don't forget to stick around after that conversation because we've got this week's Milk Minute Awards in the Alcove where we celebrate one listener's breastfeeding win because you should all be getting awards all the time. But first, we're going to start things off with a listener question from Olivia. Olivia says, breast pumps, when were they invented and why? How did they become so popular? And is there a way to upregulate without pumping? Well, I'm going to say about half of that question we're going to answer in this episode. So hold your thought. And your horses. Yeah. How did they become so popular is an interesting one that we were kind of going to address in the episode, but also... Wait, are they popular? Or are they necessary or, due to capitalism? Right. <laughs> it's That's a tough one. It's not like people are like, ooh, I need to go get a breast pump. It's all I ever wanted. It's not like the beanie babies yeah. of working women. It's I, like, okay, I guess I need to get the best one of these suckers. Right. I think most people pump because they have to. But we do have then this interesting expectation that everybody should pump. And I'm not 100% sure where that came from. Mm-hmm. But I think part of it came from, like, when they were introduced to hospitals like any other medical product, you know? Yeah. So how did they become so popular? Marketing, changing expectations oh, yeah. on gonna, women and their role in ads. society. Yes. Yeah, we'll read you some marketing. And then for you can think ads. about what you would think if you heard that ad. Yes. And your final question, is there a way to upregulate without pumping? And the answer is yes. Hell yeah. So as long as you have a baby that is latching, more frequent feedings is going to be the best way to go. And also after your baby feeds, if they're done and you can't get them to feed anymore, you can hand express any mm-hmm. anything else that you have going on in there. Yeah. And I'm, also, yeah, I was going to say that even if you just want to do breast massage and nipple stimulation without actually expressing milk, that's going to help. Um, what, what I usually tell clients when they're like, you know, I really want to get my supply up a little bit. I'm like, all right, let's think of something you do 12 times a day. You sit on the toilet, right? Mm-hmm. So every time you go to sit on the toilet, give yourself a breast massage through your shirt. Yeah. And research shows that it doesn't actually even have to be deep massage. Any touch at all, even light touch helps. So if your breasts are sore or you don't even really like touching your breasts that much, just even a little bit every day of just like here and there, just lightly, gingerly touching your breasts is going to help. Yeah. And actually um, back massages, can help. Okay. So there are a couple nerves involved in breastfeeding and a lot of them you can massage around your breast and that's part of the reason we recommend that. One of them goes all the way to your back between your spine and your shoulder blade. So I often recommend partners, I'm like, hey, when you see your partner breastfeeding, why don't you go and massage between the shoulder blades and spine? You can do this too. I actually do it. It's like an itchy spot for me. So I'll like go to the corner of a wall and do it. But that's a really good way to stimulate that as well. Okay. Oh, and skin to skin. Oh, every que- I have every. I mean, answer every question you have with that first, and then ask it of us. <laughs> <laughs> 
Let's take just a minute to thank our sponsor, Liquid IV. Heather, I want to tell you a little bit about this because I was skeptical at first, but when I really looked at it, Liquid IV offers highly effective functional hydration products that make you feel better faster. Well, I mean, I guess my question is, how does that differ from sports drinks? This is way different. These guys function on premium ingredients and optimal flavor without all of the additives and sugar. Oh, okay. So you're saying that you can balance your body and your hydration, get your vitamins, and not pack your body full of sugar? Okay. Exactly. They work with a world-class team to create cutting-edge functional beverages where science meets taste and... The company focuses on giving back to the communities they work with and on sustainability. So click the link in the show notes and enter the promo code MILKMINUTE10 to get your first batch of liquid IV. Let's just give a quick shout out to our newest patron, Rachel B. She is awesome. She's our newest lactivist. She's going to be getting a Black Milk Minute podcast t-shirt and some other cool merch. Also, she's going to have access to all of our insider videos and all of the shenanigans that Maureen and I get into. So, Rachel B., thank you so much for being a newest member of the Milk Minute Podcast Patreon community. We love it. Hey, everybody. Let's talk about the history of breast pumps and how weird they were. <laughs> I'm so excited. I love the history ones we do. Oh, um, I love that you love to research the history ones <laughs> because I've kind of taken this backseat role as the person that is just shocked and appalled as you're telling me this, this research. Is the best. Uh, this one was actually kind of difficult to research, though, because there's like a huge gap in our knowledge about breast pumps of the past. But anyway, I'll get into it in a minute. Oh, my God. So obviously, as we mentioned in our history of formula episode, we have this really long history of humans problem solving their baby feeding issues, right? Um, and usually what we'd see if somebody was unable to feed their baby, you know, we, we'd see somebody have a wet nurse or make some terrifying animal milk substitute. But we do also have quite a long history of milk extraction from, you know, breast pumps. Oh, gosh. When you say extraction, it immediately <laughs> it is, makes my butthole pucker. It's much more accurate. Oh, dear. So anyway, obviously, we have a history of hand expression, right? People knew how to milk cows. They knew how to milk themselves. But, you know, the reality is like... You can milk anything with teeth, Fokker. You, you <laughs> Oh, Lord. But, you know, like, we also just, humans can't just have a simple solution, can they? No, let's make it as weird and complicated (laughs) and dangerous as possible. So as far as I was able to find, the earliest breast milk removal device was from ancient Greece. Whoa. Yeah, which is really cool. And somehow I don't think that's the earliest, but that's like the earliest artifact that we have with like real evidence to how it was used. Okay. Um... So this was called the ceramic gutus type. I'm not sure if that's how it's pronounced. G-U-T-T-U-S. And this is essentially, it looks like a teapot, but on the bottom, there's like a cave with a little hole for your boob to go in. (laughs) And then you'd like, and there were a couple different styles. There were some that like you could extract yourself. So you have like this little ceramic pot with like an impression for your boob and then a big straw that you suck through. Is it a ceramic straw? 
I assume it's all ceramic, right? Um, and then there are some of these really short spouts. So I'm like, dude, like somebody else had to be sucking that milk out for you. For sure. <laughs> because nobody is that flexible. <laughs> I don't care how big your boobs are. Like this is just a lot. Um, and we have these hilarious like woodcut illustrations in front of us of somehow these devices working and they're all just look painful and weird to me. And some, some of these look like almost like a big smoking pipe. Yeah. Like where's Gandalf? <laughs> Can he come he's, over and milk me? sucking the milk out of your boobs, Heather. Oh, my God. Um, and from what I could read, these smaller ones would also double as milk feeding devices for babies. So I'd assume they'd probably cork the hole your nipple goes in and then this little spout you pour into baby's mouth. Okay. You know, and, and the reality is, like, we haven't had safe food storage for that long in human history. So I'm going to assume this was directly expressed and then, like, given right to baby. But why? Maybe baby couldn't latch right? Like babies being unable to latch cannot be a totally new phenomenon. Probably not. I just imagine in like Sparta, they're like, you can't suck. You're going over the cliff. (laughs) Welcome to Sparta. So, you know, we also had some glass milk extractors in the Roman Empire where suction was provided by the mother through a tube. So kind of similar device just made of glass. So that's really cool. There's this huge gap between like the Greeks and Romans and then it bumps up to the 17th century. So that's like, I don't know, but I really couldn't find any details between there. So I'm I'm going to have to assume that people made do with some stuff that was kind of similar to what the Greeks and Romans were using because a lot of their technologies served, you know, like the British Empire, <laughs> like, you know, the city of London was still using Roman sewers in the 1700s. So mm-hmm. I assume perhaps they were still using Roman breast pumps. <laughs> knows but the reality is too like the greeks and the romans had some very advanced technology and then we then like in a lot of the periods after we saw technology decline and then build up again so it's really hard to say what what the fuck happened between there the ancient egyptians are (laughs) they sound like us you know we put a man on the moon but we can't figure out how to get milk out of a breast and they're like we developed a whole irrigation (laughs) system five thousand years ago (laughs) but we still can't get milk out of a breast what the hell yeah and and i was actually surprised not to see any data, like any evidence of that from, yeah, ancient Egypt or, you know, a- other ancient civilizations. Well, Egypt so, has been conquered so many different times. Yeah, who and, knows? Well, not conquered, but every time a new pharaoh would turn <sighs> over another yeah. pharaoh, they would destroy all of the art and all of the, right. everything that they so, had. You know, I'm going to guess that a lot of these ancient civilizations, you know, like the Mayans, like we had these amazing technologies there, like probably they problem solved this too, but I don't know anything about it, but I'm giving him, I'm giving him credit. (laughs) So then I'm hopping up to the 17th century, guys. So just bear with me. Woo, time jump. So then those devices that were kind of like a smoking pipe where we have like a little thing over the nipple and a huge spout coming up to your mouth, those became more widely used in the 17th century when corset use became more wide as well because corsets were causing inverted nipples. And pressure. Right. And pressure... is the devil for milk supply. Can you just, like, like I was watching this show on Amazon Victoria the other oh, day. Oh, I Queen love Victoria. that one. I'm really, I like it too. And yeah, every time they throw her in a corset when she's pregnant I'm just like, fuck. Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> anyway, on. so yeah, corset wearing and breastfeeding sounds fucking horrible. How many different ways can we torture women? Yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs> Let's wax their pubic hair. 
Yeah, we can that go started on, it folks. around this time, too. Oh, God. Anyway, so we've got, again, in the 17th century, some more primitive devices like that. Nothing really fancy. But then let's go to the 18th century here. This is where um, shit gets weird. This is it? a fun one. I found this one is great. So this one has a little glass flange and a bulb. And then attached to the end of the bulb is this brass cylinder um, syringe. It looks like a penis pump from Austin Powers. Right. So And it, like, sticks straight out from the nipples. <laughs> so you put this little glass flange on. There's a little bulb for collecting milk. And then you, like, pull the syringe to oh suck it out. Oh, God. Honestly, it's pretty ingenious, though. It is. It looks like a torture device. But I'm like, wow. No, it's exactly like a penis pump. Yeah, except for your nips. <laughs> And then I found this great one from the 1830s. So we're jumping ahead again. That was this woodcut of a woman. She's like, she's got a, how are we going to describe it? Like what? This it one's like weird. A funnel. Okay. So it looks like a, <laughs> okay, hold on. I can do this. So, you know, a water pump kind of situation. Right. She has like a lever. Oh, so there's a lever. So imagine you live on a farm and you have well water and you want to pump the water. Right. So you pump it, but hers is attached to the wall. Like, you know, you would attach your old landline telephone in the kitchen and attached to her pump, her hand pump is a long tube with a funnel on the end of it. And she's gingerly holding it with this discreet, dainty smile on she her face. She looks way more pleased about this than I can ever imagine any human ever looking in that situation. So she's attached to the wall and she's pumping her own self with a giant wooden lever. Right. And the lever is like on this cylinder again, like a bit, a big suction syringe. Oh, you know what it kind of looks like when you go to the deli and you ask them for <laughs> some meat and they're running it through. A the slicer. The slicer. The boob slicer. <laughs> oh my God. This is just fascinating. And, and but where does the milk go? So I was There's wondering no receptacle. if it, so a lot of these have a little, like, just collect it right next to the breast, but then some of them go through tubes to a reservoir, which, like, had to there be killing is. babies. It's in the bottom. Yeah. So I think this one went through the fucking tube. And every time I see those, I'm like, ooh, these babies are dead. So that tube is like serving bacteria. as a vacuum and also sucking the actual milk into a glass I reservoir. I think so, because we also didn't have, like, universal um, acceptance of germ theory, like, at that point. And, like, sanitation was real questionable. Germs are from the devil, and if you pray hard enough, they'll go away. Apparently. Well, that's probably what that lady's thinking while she's, like, introducing E. coli to her breast milk there. Anyway. So then we're going to start with the patent files, which are hilarious. Mm -hmm. All these men who decided to create and market breast pumps. Okay. So we're starting in 1854 with Ordwell Needham. He is widely renowned as the father of breast pumps. Do you think it's Needham? Needham or Needham. I don't know. Does it matter? I feel like I want to say his name wrong because I don't like him. If your last name is Needham. <laughs> Just let us know how to pronounce it. Okay. And this was the quote from the patent papers. This invention is for the purpose of so connecting the pump bellows with the nipple shield or cupping shield as that any motion of the bellows from the exertion of pumping will not be communicated to the shield by means of a flexible tube. So thank you for that. By which also the pumping apparatus can be placed in any convenient position without regard to the position of the patient and also in the flexible shields. Fitting any 
inequalities of surface and applying themselves to the parts conveniently. What is he talking about? Um, so he's basically saying that he has changed breast pumping so that the milk doesn't go through a tube, I think. And that he has a flexible shield for the nipple. So rubber <laughs> must have been invented at this point. Yeah, I think so. Because we already had England conquer India about and that rubber bullshit <laughs> colonizing crap. <laughs> Sorry. Rubber bullshit colonizing um, crap. Um, okay, so but this one, we have like, again, a, like a little shield and a it, probably a glass bulb underneath it for actually collecting the milk. And then it's attached to a tube with this like weird fucking pump box. No, this looks like a phone box. <laughs> you know, the original it cell does. phones <laughs> where you have that giant box that you carry along with you and you kind of wear it like a purse. <laughs> so this one is actually pretty close to what we would see today, like as far as uh, mobility. Right. Goes. And the crazy thing about this this is 1854 guys and this is like the actual flange design and everything like doesn't change that much ordwell was like nipples fit in here folks nailed it it's kind of where we're at well this thing looks like the actual pump in the phone box he's got his hand on it's like a creepy little disembodied hand pumping it in the picture Yeah, so it looks like he's almost squeezing a trigger, and the trigger Mm -hmm. is creating the pressure. And then the rest of it, the flange and the receptacle, looks a lot like a traditional hand pump. Yeah. And then I found an ad for it. Ooh. But it's a little funny to read. Let me Ooh, see if I can. It's a long form ad. Yeah. Let me see if I can read part of it. Dr. Needham's breast pump in offering to afflicted mothers this invaluable little instrument. The proprietor feels that he is doing a work of mercy (laughs) and that while it may be profitable for him, it is of infinite service to the many afflicted mothers who with sore breasts and nipples suffer more than the tortures of the Inquisition. What? Oh my God. Is he talking about the Spanish Inquisition? Yes, he is. This He's is not that long after the Spanish Inquisition to, to breastfeeding. Nipples. Yes. And that was a big thing with a lot of these marketing. It's like a lot of these men who made breast pumps are like, we are freeing mothers. You're welcome, ladies. Yeah. It's, uh, let me see if I can, that part's a little. Oh, can I read it? Yeah. Can you read that part? All other breast pumps, pipes, etc., may succeed in extracting the milk from the breast, but during the operation, the mother suffers as much or more pain than the child itself would inflict and feels no relief from their use until the torturing operation is oh over. God. While Dr. Needham's pump, in all caps, relieves the breast more rapidly than the child and without pain. Marketing. On the contrary, it affords instantaneous relief. It is operated by the mother and is governed by her feeling and intelligence. The sensation produced by the use of this instrument imitates that of the child nursing to a remarkable degree. The only perceptible difference being that the instrument performs its office without inflicting pain. Every physician who has examined it speaks of it in the most rapturous terms <laughs> of praise. Guys, I am just saying this is like... This is it. This is where it starts, you know, where some doctor is like, 
Let me fix your problem for you. I'm actually just going to create a bunch of other problems instead. Yes. Instead of well, just congratulating like, myself and getting all of my friends uh, to clap their clap their hands on my back and tell me what a good job. And I've let done. me tell you what I guarantee you: there were midwives and community elders around who knew how to fix latch problems. Mm-hmm. Like this is not new knowledge that we have, guys. This is knowledge that's being rediscovered and reclaimed because it's been completely stamped out by people like this who were like, oh just let me invent a breast pump instead of helping you breastfeed without pain. Uh, And let me give you something to buy instead. Well, the interesting thing about this marketing is that he's marketing to every woman. It's not as a medical device for children who have problems. And this is not for working women. This is 1854. This is where it begins to chop down the self-efficacy and self-worth of women's ability to feed their own children. So the words like superior and, you know, what's another one? Oh, um, calling feeding babies torture? Yeah. Yeah. So taking away any joy that you might feel and also the pain yeah. points of pain. Like, yeah. Why would you torture yourself when I can give you the gift of mercy? Yeah. The gift of mercy. Why would you rather go through something akin to the Spanish Inquisition than just pumping your own self multiple times a day after you loosen up your (laughs) corset? Looking at this fucking device, this had to hurt. Yeah, this was not cute. It was not Uh, pretty. And again, like already starting with saying like this device is better than your child at removing milk. Yep. Which is not true. Uh, and with had, that shit, definitely not and true. they had no way to prove it. Although I bet you anything, they had really strong rock climber hands because they had to squeeze <laughs> that lever about 40,000 times <laughs> well, for that, one nursing session. So that ad is from 1853 in the New York Times. Oh, snap. New York Isn't Times. that crazy? For calling you out. Yeah. Wow. So. That was a good one. I know. I'm so happy about that one. <laughs> and we have a couple of different iterations of pumps come out, but I'm just going to kind of focus on the big ones. Okay, so we're going to go a couple years into the future here. 1898, we have Joseph Hoover. Yes, the vacuum dude. No. (laughs) Yeah. He patented a new device that would, quote, provide a breast pump not so sudden in its action as to produce pain when the breast is distended and sore. And at the same time, produce a continuous flow of milk accompanied with the pulsating movement which occurs when an infant is at the breast. Okay, so at least he's observant. And I'm like, this one is kind of more, we're looking at that piston action again, (laughs) right? We've got pretty much the same, like probably glass breast shield bubble at the bottom to catch milk. And then we have this little, like there's a spring in there, like a tube and a cylinder and a spring and then like a piston. That thing looks like it'd be better at hand jobs than removing breast milk. (laughs) (laughs) You, yeah, I agree. Am I Um, wrong? No, you're not wrong. In the least. I'd look at that thing. Again, like every time I just it's see penis shaped. pumps. I just see penis pumps. That's maybe that's what they're secretly for. Oh. All these old white men designed these secretly for all of their underground meetings so they could all pump each other's And They were penises. like, I guess the nipple fits in there. No. <laughs> this is like yeah. So we just had over and over in this era tons of different designs that were really similar to that. And I think the picture you showed me, Heather, is from the same time period. Mm-hmm. Heather had showed me one that was glass and rubber. Yeah. I think Thank you, Callie Ware, for sending me that. Yeah. And I think with that one, it was like the glass shield and reservoir, and you would just use a rubber tube to suck it out yourself. And it was called a breast milk exhauster, which it looks exhausting. If you can get an ounce (laughs) of milk out before you pass out, do you win? (laughs) 
What do you win, though? <laughs> what do you win? I, I a strong like, embouchure? I feel like I would burst a blood vessel trying to do that in my eyeball, you know? Oh, man. People are like, hey, what are you doing? You're like, sucking. I'm just sucking. I'm just sucking my own milk. Yeah. If only there was somebody that could do this for me. And the baby's like, I'll fucking do it. God, I, you know, and I just have so many mixed feelings about this because I'm like, yeah, where we're at now, I feel so grateful for breast pumps. Yeah. But I'm also looking at these marketing and I'm just so disgusted by it. Yeah. It's, we have problems with marketing for breast pumps, not we, actual breast pumps. Yeah. I mean, some of these breast pumps for sure we have problems <laughs> with, but. So. So like when did germ oh, theory. I went, I went out of order. Shoot. Um, germ, anyway, germ in, in like the 1870s, people actually widely accepted. Well, not widely. A lot of people accepted germ theory and kind of realized that like pathogenic bacteria would make cleaning necessary. So that actually changed the way people were designing the pumps after that because they realized like these had to be cleaned. Oh, yeah. So just to <laughs> recap, everything we've talked about up until this point was one piece or not easy to take Yeah. Apart. Or like lots of tubes and small things. <sighs> just it's anyway. So then, this is a fun one. Kind of another take on the same design. Gray and Gasson in 1874, they invented a not very new breast pump. These all look, kind of look the same, guys. I'll, I'll post a link with them. There was an article I got most of them from. I'll, I'll post a link to it. So this one is described. Our invention relates to an improved breast pump. Combining with a flexible tube and removable air chamber, a removable cap or diaphragm for imparting suction to a tubular flexible rubber cushion for the nipple, substantially as here and after set forth and claimed. <laughs> what? So I think what they're basically saying is they made the part your nipple goes in slightly more flexible. It kind of looks like it might still have a glass outside, but like a rubber insert. Oh, you see that? okay. So you know the, the willow pump that has the, it's almost like you put your breast in it and the inside part and the outside part yeah. comes apart. So it's actually, I see what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. So the diaphragm itself goes inside the flange mm-hmm. where your breast goes in and then that part mm-hmm. gets removed. Interesting. This one also though, I see just so many more parts. But maybe less chance for the milk to end up in the tube. So that's nice. And this one kind of has a little, like, a much smaller piston thing going on at the end of a tube What are you suction. supposed to do? Stomp on it? Like I... a stomp rocket or what? <laughs> How do you squeeze it to create the pressure? I have no idea. This one is very unclear to me. The, yeah. Okay. This looks like what you would maybe use to blow up an air mattress. Maybe it's a little air. Yeah. Maybe it's, maybe it's like um, for a, for a sphygmonometer. <laughs> they have blood pressure cuffs when you blow uh, them up. Maybe it's one of those. You know what I mean? Like a little air pump. <laughs> God, I can never say that word, guys. Hey everybody, it's Heather. I just wanted to let you know that I actually own a business called Breastfeeding for Busy Moms. I put it together selfishly because I was myself a busy breastfeeding mom and it's kind of your one-stop shop for everything you need. So I teach breastfeeding classes, I have educational blogs, and I host a community space for a support group called Breastfeeding for Busy Moms. So if you'd like to check it out, it's www.breastfeedingforbusymoms.com. And don't forget, if you're really in a pickle, I always offer private consults. Thank you so much, and I will see you in Breastfeeding for Busy Moms. So then I have one that I don't know who invented it. Probably the simplest one, and I feel like, didn't you come across one of these, Heather? 
And it's just a glass flange with a glass bubble reservoir with a rubber bulb on the end. And that's yeah. it. There's no this tube, looks, thank God. This looks like a latch assist with a ball sack on. Yeah, a, a single ball. Yeah, it looks exactly like a latch assist with a reservoir for milk. And I'm going to say this is probably the cleanest scenario I've seen so far. No, like, it's I could actually clean all the parts. No, though. you can't. Not unless that bulb comes off. I bet off. you can take that off. I don't know. But, and I think the reality is too, like up until this point, these were really expensive, Mm -hmm. you know? And so this is, we're starting to see people make them cheaper and simpler and that makes it more accessible. Then I have this great one of a woman with no face. Don't you love when we're illustrated like that? Yeah. Um, With giant tits. (laughs) Clearly has a corset on. And a 17 inch waist. Yeah. A 1903 breast pump. I don't have any information about it except that it looks... This one I don't understand like how we're pumping again. And it's also just stuck on her boob magically. And I can like see her nipple like all the way in there. It just looks so uncomfortable. What is this valve for? I would assume it's something about the pump. It's another like glass flange reservoir thing with a tube, but then I don't really know what's happening, but I had to include this picture because it was just so uncomfortable. Wow. Look how much milk she has though. Wow. (laughs) She's also very fashionable. She's got poofy sleeves and a tiny ass waist. Lots of layers on and a corset. Yeah. So, you know, if you want to pump with your corset on, ladies, use this shit. Mm. I have another one from 1903 by Herbert H. Halstead. I'm going to describe this one too. I love these descriptions. They're so fucking weird. The purpose of my invention is to provide a simple, durable, and economic form of breast pump capable of being conveniently applied and operated by the person to whom the application is made and which will cling tenaciously to the breast during the operation of drawing milk, but which may be almost instantly released when desired. And furthermore, to provide a construction of pump or air exhausting device, which will not have a tendency to make the breast sore. I mean, he lost me halfway through there. <laughs> How convoluted can you make it's it? It's just another piston one, but like the nipple part looks so small. I'm like, dude, this is going to make your breast sore. Like there's no way it doesn't. That will make your breast sore. Heather. Yeah. This does real. not look simple or easy. This is a hand pump with a piston on the end instead of a squeezy lever. But it does have little like finger triggers for holding it. See that? Looks like your nipple is smoking a big cigar <laughs> and you're pumping the cigar out and in. Yeah, it's... I mean, it might be my favorite one. I But, like, the nipple flange is so tiny. My nipples wouldn't fit oh, in that. Oh, that's the other thing. Yeah, the, none of these are coming in different sizes. Oh, God. Can you imagine, like, you go to pump and you've got, like, a 24-millimeter nipple and this is made for, like, 17s? I bet all of these guys use their own wives as models. And really, mm-hmm. what we're looking at here is just a collection of breast pumps, like, shaped for their wives <laughs> because it's not appropriate at that time to go around looking at other people's breasts either and, and like not all of these guys are doctors right we have a couple doctors who are submitting these designs but like who the fuck is herbert halstead i don't know you <laughs> i don't do i know you <laughs> 
my God, this one, Heather. I'm gonna. I don't know what it is, but um, why don't <laughs> why don't you read the excerpt for it? Okay, so this is a breast pump patent for Joel S. Gilbert, filed March 13th, 1906, and the excerpt that comes with it says, "My improvement comprises a shield adapted to be applied to the nipple of the breast, a single tube affixed to the neck of the cup, a tubular fork, a tube on each branch end of the fork, and a collapsible suction bulb or bulbs made of resilient material connected with the branch tubes and by the re-expansion of which bulbs after having been collapsed a suction is exerted through the ducts of my device i mean need i say more wow what a simple explanation yeah this looks (laughs) i don't understand where like what is this i don't know so we have like your kind of classic flange and one tube coming out and then it splits into two and there's like bulbs at the end of either. But then I'm like, does the milk go into one of those? Is one of those like a rubber bulb for making suction? What the fuck are we doing here? I'd read that excerpt again, but then I might have to off myself. <laughs> so, uh, Joel Gilbert, I just don't know what to say about your breast pump. Joel, I, I think there's a reason that we don't see breast pumps like that today. I think you lose the patent design award. <laughs> Then in 1923, Edward Lasker invented the first mechanical breast pump, which was considered a big improvement over hand-operated versions. I couldn't find a good picture of that. I don't really know how mechanical it was, but you didn't, like, pump it straight with your hand. So, okay. Sure. Oh, and then I found this great picture from 1917. Sorry, I thought I put these all in chronological order. Clearly, I can't fucking read. (laughs) We're going to have to put all these pictures on the Milk Minute podcast Facebook page. Yeah, I'm going to put some of them on on the Facebook page, and then I'm going to link. I only use like two or three articles for this, really. I looked for a lot more. They do. They weren't there, guys. Mm-hmm. This one is great. We have this like woman in her like negligee with this like weird ass flange on what looks like a solid tube going into a giant bottle where she's got like twelve fucking ounces it's of like milk. Like a soda bottle, and then a long straw where she's like got these dainty little lips she's sucking from. She looks like she's in full makeup, even though this is like a black and white drawing. And her nails are did and everything, and she has huge ass tits again. And a t- Tiny little waist. And this lacy something on. It I feels like it's supposed to be sexy, and I don't understand what is happening. I, oh, God. 1926, Woodward Colby. In the present invention, I provide means whereby only a small amount of air is necessarily admitted to interrupt the suction, and the pulsations are created directly in the bell-mouth tube without materially interrupting the vacuum in the milk receptacle or suction tube. Okay, Colby. This one actually looks a lot like a modern breast pump and definitely hooks up to some fucking machine. It's like it's a flange attached to a bottle and then there's a tube coming from the bottle that goes to somewhere else. Okay, so in the top of your flanges currently, there's like a hole, like a pressure release. Mm -hmm. So I imagine before when they would increase the pressure in the chamber, there was no way for it to temporarily subside. So they would have had to continuously break the suction externally. So this actually means that it's hooked up to a mechanical pump that pulsates. Mm-hmm. And in the in between, that release pressure hole in the top of the flange, mm-hmm. which we still have in like Medela, mm-hmm. that's it looks like a Medela flange. The pressure is able to escape through that hole. Yeah. But this is like, this is kind of, I, I feel like we had like 150 years of the same shit. And now we're seeing some actual innovation that might actually like help parents <laughs> maybe yeah maybe so that's cool oh, Ooh, wait, this... wait a minute 
What am I looking at here? Hold on. This one is wild. <laughs> this was 1929. Eric Lindquist. So my grandmother would have been breastfeeding at this age. I think so. mine too. Can I I read it? Please read it. Here's the excerpt for Eric Lindqvist's filed patent in 1929. We're really bad at saying people's names. I thought that was pretty good. He says, The present invention relates to an auxiliary device for the suckling of babies, which is to be used in the first time after delivering of a child if the suction power of the child is too little or the nipples have to be protected against inflammation. This one looks like you're supposed to self-suck again. But there's like some kind of – so we have a flange, you know, and we have this reservoir that kind of looks like a dick at the bottom. It looks exactly <laughs> like a dick at the bottom. Um, and then there's a tube going like straight up and a bulb that I assume has some kind of pressure release <laughs> device and then a little like spout that goes right in your mouth. Um, <laughs> this one's so funny. <laughs> it really – this really looks like it has a penis on it, it and really I kind does. of love it. Thank you, Lindfist. I wonder how he got the uh, the mold for that shape. Well, I guess of we the reservoir. We'll never know, Heather. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that one just deviated from the progress. I feel like, except there is some interesting pressure release thing. So people are definitely getting that they like have to create barriers between the reservoir and the tubing, and they're definitely starting to get like that they have to actually be nice to nipples. It only took a hundred years. Dietrich von Grohlmann in 1939 invented another breast pump and he describes it as follows. Said novel breast pump is designed to enable the extraction of the milk to be performed in strict accordance with the sensitivity of the patient and the device may also be used for massage and for stimulation of the glands. And this is another one where, this is actually cool, there's like a there's, well maybe there's more than one here gosh, I don't understand, but the one is like this solid, I'm assuming glass, flange bulb, bottle. piece. Yeah, a solid, god, the glass blowers who made those must have been like, you fucker, Grohlman, seriously? (laughs) Yeah, the flange (laughs) in the bottle or one piece. Yeah, and then there's a tube and, again, some kind of pressure release device and a, a bulb for creating suction. But then there's all this other shit that I don't understand. I don't know what the rest of that is. I don't know either. Like, is that a nipple that can go on the bottle? And then you can, like, this version, you can switch out the flange and the nipple? There's like two versions of it, and one looks like the flange comes off, and one it does not. And there's a bunch of parts with numbers, and we don't know what they are. It's like an IKEA direction book, guys. You get one Allen key to put your breast pump together. Fifty-seven parts. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. This is a ooh. This is exciting. I love the ones where we see inside. This one's from Paul W. Saunders, filed July eleventh, nineteen forty-five, and the text with it says the apparatus is designed particularly for self-use in maternity. Wards. Oh, so now we're pushing them to hospitals. Yes, and this is actually around the time that we had just seen a really big switch toward hospital birth. Uh-huh. So and twilight sleeping. Yeah, this is where we're tying patients to beds. They are getting. It's fine, you won't remember it. Yeah, yeah, you won't remember it. But guess what? You still feel the pain. Mm-hmm. So you're feeling the pain. You're experiencing trauma, but you don't remember it. And so Except that your brain doesn't forget those your things. Your brain. Well, we but whatever. We it's didn't fine. care about that at the time. And yeah, so you would be so crazy during your childbirth because you're in actual pain, but you don't know what the hell is going on, that they would restrain you. And then that's why usually everyone got an episiotomy and was delivered with forceps. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if we couldn't distrust the female body even more, let's make sure everyone is pumping. Every single person in the maternity ward uses a pump. Yeah. 
this is another one that's like, it looks like a removable flange and tube that go in a bottle like with holes in a cork, maybe. That would be my guess. This one looks like um, a pump that you would use to blow up a bicycle tire. Yes. With a tube that attaches to a regular a flange, regular flange bottle. Yeah, the piston, honestly, like the piston felt really important to me in like the 17th century. And now I'm like, guys, it's 1947 and you could think of a better thing. Yeah, but no, apparently not. Okay, so this is actually where we make a big, big jump into some, an inventor that I feel like actually had people's best interests at heart. And, of course, he's Swedish. Yeah. Um, I love the Swedes. His name is Einar Egnell. Einar Egnell. And he invents the first hospital-grade electric pump in 1942. And I actually watched a little video about him. And his descendants were talking, singing his praises and saying how much he actually cared about people. And I kind of believe them. Like, they all sounded really sincere. So what he did is he created a bunch of different versions of an electric pump and... We've got kind of this compact motor in a plastic case that then attaches to kind of your classic flange bottle tubing system. And what he did that was really novel is he actually tested out his pumps in hospitals with the help of this woman, Sister Maya who ran a maternity ward and he got her feedback. He was like, hey, try this pump with your patients and tell me how it works. And he designed like six or seven of them. So you're saying he actually valued the opinion of the people that were using the product? (laughs) Yes. And he eventually named it after Sister Maya. So it's the Sister Maya breast pump or the SMB. And, and I really respect him for that. So he actually also acknowledged the nurse, I assume, who worked at the local hospital that helped him test this design. Well, that's nice. Yeah. And I there's this – so Amita had this on their website. So I'm pretty sure, like, the Amita came out of this breast pump. Oh. Although they weren't super clear about that in the video, but I can't really imagine that didn't mm-hmm. happen because I think this one actually says Amita on it. But, yeah, they had this cute little, like, six-minute video if you guys want to watch it. I found it slightly boring but informative. <laughs> yeah. Link in the show notes to I the mean, boring video. It was like, you know, You're gonna a bunch it. of old Swedish men talking about how much they miss and love Einar. So it was <laughs> fine. Um, and, and that's kind of where we see breast pumps looking like what we use them today. Plastic bottles, plastic flanges, plastic tubing. But, again, that's all – in the hospital. Right. So this is all, this quality of breast pump is only available in the hospital. Because I'm sure they were pricey. <laughs> God, I'm sure. And so that's kind of like mid-century breast pumps. And then we don't really see portable take-home versions until the 1980s. Can I speculate? Yeah. This is probably because of the push in the 60s and 70s for women to join the workforce. You know, women were basically all divorcing their oppressive husbands, the ones that were oppressive, and they were like, I'm going to do me. And formula was also marketed very heavily, but for the people that didn't want to use formula, they had no other option. So I guess Medela saw a gap Mm -hmm. in the market and was like, hey, let me create the first portable hospital grade pump. Yeah. And I couldn't find a picture of what that one actually looked like. But all of the like, you know, old school Medela pumps kind of just look like the new ones. They're just like boxier and an uglier yellow, you know, (laughs) kind of same with the Amita ones. Like they they don't look significantly different. They're just like a little bit bigger. But like the the flange bottle situation, that looks pretty freaking identical. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I'd have to say you were correct. <laughs> so I'm just saying, guys, like from Einar in 1942 to you pumping at home, nobody's really revolutionized that. And we're just going to problemize that a little bit. Except, okay. I'll there, I know there's a couple pumps, but anyway. So yeah, then in 1993, Amita made the first microprocessor pump. So I'm not totally sure what that is, but it's a smaller motor thing happening. Mm-hmm. It took until 1994 to get backflow protectors. Yeah. Just saying, guys. They were like, weird. Babies are still dying. I don't understand. We're giving them breast milk. And it's like, oh, maybe there's giant <laughs> colonies of mold inside your pump because there's milk in your gears. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Maureen, Maureen writes, backflow protectors in all caps and then comma. Wow. That took a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, Lord. And then in 1998 is really the first time we see affordable home use breast pumps being widely available. Damn. Yeah. 98? 98. Girl, we were like... I was nine years old. Yeah. I was <laughs> older than that. And, and you know, since then, a lot of the breast pumps have been pretty much exactly the same. Maybe they have slightly better motors or comfortable flanges. We have a couple that look different, but I'm not sure that in reality they're actually that different. But we do have the ones like the LV and the Willow and whatever that, that are wearable. So mm-hmm. that's really cool. And the Spectra, which has different settings that you can personalize since not all bodies are the same, which is nice. And it's a closed system. So they're all closed Uh, systems now. Except except Medela. But I think they do have the hospital grade one, which is a closed system. But I think they are now to compete with Spectra, from what I remember, making a closed system at-home pump. Yeah. So I I just feel like there's room for somebody to do a revolutionary breast pump design about now. Yeah, so calling all engineers out there that are listeners. Especially if you have your own set of breasts. Yeah. I, I mean, you don't have to, but like just saying, if you don't and you don't lactate yourself, like consult with some people that do, please. Yeah, and did you know from what we've just recapped, it does not appear that there are any women that have invented any breast pump. I'm sure in the last like 20 years, we have like female engineers working on these. Not but- on these patents. <laughs> yeah, but, not, but before then. I really want somebody to invent one that Lord. has like an undulating tongue on it. Me too. Why can't I we know. get that? We have this great sonography where we really understand the significance of infant tongue movement. Like, yeah. And we can do that. Yeah. Why can't we do that? We can and, do that. Um, I mean, there's a reason that people dread pumping. It's not fun. It doesn't feel good. It is a little bit uncomfortable. Why can't we have something that gently creates negative pressure and then mm-hmm. an undulating tongue movement is what actually compresses yeah. the milk out? Hello. I know. And that's like, that's the big thing we've been missing from all these designs. Yeah, we have suction. Yeah, we have different suction patterns. Yeah, we have better fit flanges. But like, where's that? That movement, you know, this is why we have to tell people sometimes, okay, do warm compresses, breast massage, relaxation, like we're like hack the pump. But that's why we have to like give people these like breast pump hacks because they're still not good enough. No, they're not good enough. They create a lot of problems. And that's always my big issue with these things. I'm like, if you're gonna market this product to people as something essential and something that's as good as baby or better, Lord, you know, and at this point, like I really, you know, we really love breast pumps. They're a really great tool, but let's make them better. Yeah. 
It matters. And you know what? You know who would be a great candidate company for doing this? Dyson. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Dyson has made all kinds of crazy shit, and they make stuff real good. Like, Dude. they even do hair dryers now that are like, oh, they, they have a great way of looking at a product that's been used forever mm-hmm. in a day and being like, I can make it better. I feel like I've seen the kind of motion that we're looking for, like, in baby doll toys that are supposed to, like, pretend eat. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And they're like, little tongues move. I'm like, come on, guys. And, like, the material. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, why can't that, like, we get... That, like, weird flexible whatever that that is yeah why can't we get something that's washable and flexible uh we do it's called silicone oh <laughs> we have that folks uh i don't know anyway this is just us griping about how much breast pumps suck <laughs> someday there's going to be two angry feminists sitting in another alcove but fancier doing a history of breast pumps and they're going to bring up this podcast and be like and these two bitches were complaining and called us out and now we had an engineer that listened to that podcast and now we have a silicone undulating tongue with negative pressure signed insert your name here yes this is an opportunity this is a call to invention Mm -hmm. a call to arms really call to boobs Let's take a minute to thank our sponsor, Aeroflow. Oh, tell me more about that. You know, do you ever wake up in the morning and you're like, I would love to call my insurance company today? Literally never once have I thought that. Okay, so people at Aeroflow knew this. All right, good. <laughs> and they decided that it would be in everybody's best interest if they developed a business where they contacted your insurance company to order your breast pump for oh, you. This sounds good. So you literally never have to call your insurance company to work out getting a breast pump, which is fantastic because no one ever wants to do that crap when they're postpartum. And the other cool part is they will text you and let you know when it's time for you to replace your pumping parts and when your insurance will pay for new ones. So maybe, you know, your pump parts are fine for now, but if insurance is going to cover a new set, great. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm not really combing through my insurance benefits information oh postpartum to see when I qualify for replacement parts. Uh, no, <laughs> yeah. not at all. Right. So we're going to go ahead and put a link in the show notes for Aeroflow. And when you click that link, it's super easy. You just put in all of your insurance information and then somebody from Aeroflow contacts you directly and you have like a real person Mm -hmm. that you talk with and then they do all the dirty work for you. It's fantastic. I couldn't recommend it enough. Please just do yourself a favor and get your pump through Aeroflow. It's going to save you so much time and trouble. Right. And they have all the top brand name pumps, replacement parts, and accessories. You know, they've got cooling gel pads. They've got those pumping bras. All the stuff you need. One place. Yep. One place. So um, I guess the only thing left to say about that is you're welcome. Yeah. You're welcome. Welcome to the Milk Minute Awards in the Alcove. Whoop, whoop. So we've decided since there is no official award committee that comes around and knocks on your door to tell you what a great job you're doing. absolute bullshit that that doesn't exist. We are going to give awards to members of our community who have celebrated their wins with us. And you can email your wins or somebody else's wins to milkminutepodcast at gmail.com. But we've got a win today for our friend Molly, whose baby had a heart condition and was in the NICU from day one. 
and was in there for months. And this woman exclusively pumped for months until he was discharged. And he is now fine. His heart condition has resolved. The hole in his heart closed. But he forever had an aversion to breastfeeding. And so she exclusively pumped for over a year. Mm. And he is now happy and healthy. And she set him up for success. And she, she hated every minute of it. And she did it anyway. So oh Molly, this one is for you and baby Newland. Yo, you get the like pumping like a champ award. Pumping like a mother sucking champ. Yeah, we're, we're doing it. The mother sucking champ award. That's yours. Yep. Well, thank you all for listening. I hope that you enjoyed this history of breast pumps as much as we did researching it. (laughs) Guys, I love the history ones. If you have a question about the history of literally anything related to lactation, even tangentially related, like you let me know because I have fun with this. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm going to, as usual, post the sources in the show notes. And I'm going to try when we do our social media posts to make sure I post to the articles with a bunch of these pictures so you guys can see because they are well you can try to do a better job than us at describing them if you want to it's a fun drinking game (laughs) if you can so definitely don't forget to check out the show notes on this episode and thank you so much for listening to another episode of the milk minute podcast bye thanks for listening to the milk minute if you haven't already please like subscribe and review our podcast wherever you listen if you'd like to support our podcast, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash milkminutepodcast. To send us feedback, personal stories, or just to chat, you can send us an email at milkminutepodcast at gmail.com. It's a milk minute. Yeah.